Hello there, a bit Spursy listener. It's me, Barney. And me, Dan. And we are here to tell you some fantastic news. We have started a free Discord to which you can go on and chat all things Tottenham Hotspur and other related concepts. <laughs> yeah, to join that, uh, head to discord.gg slash a bit Spursy. That's correct. We also now have a Patreon to which you can pay for Spurs-related content. <laughs> and, it sounds uh, like a scam. It's not a scam here. It's, it's not a scam. We're not scamming. We're not scamming. It's, uh, look, we, we love uh, you know creating this podcast and there's a whole bunch of other things that we want to do with some streams, uh, some watch-alongs and, and these sort of bits and pieces. If you would like to help us out and support us there, we'd really appreciate it. We'll be able to create more Spurs, Spurs content and uh, sort of have fun doing that. So if you'd like to do that, uh, please head to Patreon com slash a bit uh, The more of you that are on the Patreon, the less time I have to spend in the coal mine, which is my job. <laughs> so let's get Barney out of the coal mine. And uh, yeah, all links can be found uh, on our website at a bit Yeah, really good win. Um, important for us to, to, to win. And, and yeah, we won in a really nice way. Tottenham, topple the champions. Hello, do you remember who we are? It's us, Barney and Dan. It's a bit Spursy. Dan, how you doing? I'm good, Barney. How are you? Oh, I'm good. It's been so long. How long has it been? Four games, two weeks since we've... Since we've uh, put our voices in the in the air in the airwaves, yeah, and judging by your tone now, we have aged like <laughs> fifty years. Time moves differently uh, here in a bit Spursy um, hyperbolic time chamber. It's it's, it's a bit different, um, but it's great to be back. Obviously, um, <laughs> I've now gone back into my usual age of sixteen. Yeah, so of that's, course. Uh, yeah. That's uh, worked out very well for me. Um, we are recording uh, the night uh, of or night after the Everton game, so the day after if you're in the UK. Um, it was a great game. Um, but also, you know what else is great, Dan? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you go, what? 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 Sorry. Okay. Do you know what else is great, Dan? What? <laughs> I gave a bit too much. Yeah, yeah, okay, great. Do you know what else is great, Dan? What? Well, um, we've got two shout-outs to make of two new Patreon subscribers, our good friend Marty and our good friend Chris. Um, Thank you very much for subscribing to the Patreon, uh, the more subscribers we have. Uh, Or even, you know, just new subscribers like uh, these two wonderful gentlemen, the more we can make content, um, and that's, that's very exciting. Yeah, it is. So thank you. We do. We definitely appreciate it, uh, Marty and Chris, and uh, signing up for the Eric Dyer tier, mm. which it also just occurred to me that is, you know, $15 Australian a month. But if it converts into the either the UK or the US currency, the naming of the tier won't actually make any sense because it will be a different number. Mm. Um, but we we appreciate a lot. Uh, thank you. And yeah, we're looking forward to to making uh, making more content, even though we had a little bit of a break over the last uh, two weeks, yeah. Uh, but we're back back in Spursy land now. Yeah, thank goodness. Um, and if you've got any uh, suggestions of uh, deep divey articles that you would like uh, to view as a Patreon subscriber, please uh, send us a message either through Discord or through our Twitter, and um, we'll see what we can do. 
Um, it won't be like uh, if anyone's a subscriber to uh, The Extra Inch where it's Nathan A. Clark does these deep dives. It'll mostly just be me using lots and lots of uh, uh, $10 words. <laughs> so um, if you like that, then please shoot us a message. So basically each person that signs up, you're donating one word to Barney's articles. Exactly. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, we have a win to talk. I mean, we've got, you know, there were other games that, that have happened, but the only one I can really remember is Leeds. Um, but we, yeah, I don't think there was anything else. Yeah. I can't really remember anything particularly annoying or, uh, disappointing during that time. I just remember the Leeds game, which was, which was really fun. So we're doing very selective research here where mm. we're just removing the two games that we don't <laughs> want to talk yeah. about, yeah. uh, from the sample size. So mm. it's two wins on the trot. Yeah. We're a couple of P hackers and, uh, <laughs> Um, two games on the trot, fantastic. Um, this game against Everton, uh, I was very frustrated. I, I set my alarm to get up and be there at, at 7 a.m. Um, and uh, something happened, and I ended up waking up at 7.30, which means that I couldn't be on the Discord, um, which is I love being able to chat. It's like uh, I, I love usually uh, scrolling through Twitter when I'm watching the game, um, but the Discord is like a whole different thing because uh, there's not uh, – people who are deranged (laughs) (laughs) tweeting about Spurs and that being forced upon me. Like it's, um, yeah, it's a great place to just sort of, you know, float in and float out of when you're watching the game. Oh, and and I think, you know, I know we go on about the discord a little bit because, you know, it's something we put together and, Mm. you know, we want uh, as many people as, uh, you know, would like Mm. to sign up to, to join and get involved, but it has genuinely been really, really good. Like I've pretty much gone off Twitter now. Yeah, me too. Um, and it's so nice to go, all right, I want to chat Spurs. I'm going to log into Discord as opposed to I'm going to log into Twitter where it's just like, it just gets worse and worse. Regardless of whether <laughs> yeah. we win or lose, like that is just, it's so yucky and disgusting now. So I, I found it actually really, really pleasant and fun to talk about Spurs again, um, mm. you know, just during the week. Um, I think we're up to about 40 users or so mm-hmm. in the Discord. Mm. So if that sounds like something you would like to do to get off Twitter and, uh, you know, chat in a more positive environment, mm. um, please, uh, please join us on there. Yeah, please do. Um, getting onto the game, Dan, you watched it this afternoon. Is that correct? Yes. I watched it delayed. Mm. Well, mm. yeah, quite delayed, but I already knew. So I usually try and go, um, com- go completely dark and off the grid. Yep. Um, but. Actually, um, uh, 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 someone I'm trying to set up a business meeting with, um, we, we know that I know that they go for Liverpool. They know I go for Spurs. And this morning we were trying to tee that up and they messaged and said, oh, wow, bloody great win for Spurs. Uh, you know, Everton are going to get relegated. So they didn't tell me the score. So Mm. watching the game, it was a really pleasant surprise to still have the score as something that I had no idea what would happen. I thought we'd probably win easily based Mm. on this comment, but, uh, yeah, I did know that we, I did know that we won before we played them. However, it's not really a surprise given how objectively horrible like Everton are at the moment. Oh, it's just so, I mean, I, I, you know, it's satisfying, but also, you know, I don't dislike Everton. Um, but I feel like, especially for a, a period five or six years ago, we were the two clubs that were sort of similar. We are floating around fifth, sixth, seventh. Um, and I, at the start of, I think it was, uh, 2021, um, they were kind of touted as, uh, like it was really cool. They'd got, um, James Rodriguez and, 
or James Rodriguez rather, mm-hmm. um, and they'd uh, got uh, Alan and Decore, and it was like, uh, is it Decore? Am I? Am I making? Yeah, they got Decore. Yeah, yeah, good job. And it was like they've done great business, and we got um, Hoybier, and that was terrible business, and blah 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 blah, and. Uh, <laughs> It's funny that those takes have disappeared um, because they look <laughs> awful. And even Timmy Tactics Sherwood before the game made a comment where he said, if Everton try and play up the pitch and press Spurs, they are gonna they're gonna lose. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's actually quite a good point, uh, Tim. And um, then within the first couple of minutes, it was like, oh. Did they miss the Leeds game where, <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Um, why are you pressing up when you're in the position that you are on the table? Um, it just seemed like just like tactically moronic uh, from Lampard, <laughs> who apparently has an extremely high IQ, um, but is a terrible football manager, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because we don't really know what's, going on there, like what his personal goals are out of this. It's a really interesting job for him to take yeah. given that he's the Chelsea gig didn't go that well. And then it wasn't going horrendously, but it wasn't going, it wasn't going well by what their standards were. And then <laughs> Tuchel comes in and wins Champions League. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, Chelsea are looking much better now. Mm. Um, so it's a bit weird for then Frank to go, okay, cool. I'm going to step back and then I'm going to take a relegation battle. Whereas, like, these are usually those hit jobs that you get, like, a Roy Hodgson in. Mm. Oh, Sam Allardyce is coming back to do. Like, you get someone who really doesn't give a crap about maybe how a team is going to play. And not to put necessarily, like, someone like Hodgson that, but, you know, like, um, it's an experienced manager who's been around and they will probably try and shut up shop, play some sort of really ugly football and just do whatever they can to get points because they just know that, like, that's their task. It's like, get us some points. If you get us five points from the next 10 games, we may avoid relegation. Those sort of things. So it's an interesting job, I think, for Lampard to take up because he's still trying to, like, prove himself as a manager and, like, you know, show off his style. And, like, he's still trying to show that he belongs to the party. And so he's going to rock up in a bit of a flashy suit. And he's, it's, it's just... I don't think it's a good fit at all no. based especially on watching this game. No, no, definitely not. Uh, yeah, they were horrendous. Um, and we, it was so satisfying to watch us just absolutely tear them to pieces. Um, obviously there were some begins, um, Benton Kerr coming back or Benton Core. How, how is it said? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I am no, no expert, but I, I, I say Benton Kerr. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good point. We should, we should probably check that out. Like I didn't check how his name was spelled properly. Sorry. Pronounced properly. I just checked that what his nickname was and it's a Lolo. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that way better than Decky for Kulisevsky. Yeah. Lolo. <laughs> so yeah, Lolo's in, um, that's awesome. Um, he makes such a difference. It's crazy to me that, you know, we sign these two players um, and there was so much whinging about the fact that we'd signed them and everyone decided within the first 15 minutes of Kulisevsky's uh, Spurs career that he was a write-off and that Bentecourt looked pretty good, but, you know, uh, it's not, um, we didn't sign like peak era uh, Kante. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just think it's so fascinating to watch both of them 
be such gigantic upgrades on the players that they're replacing. Oh, definitely. And I think it's so much of just like, well, if Juve don't want them, they must be rubbish. Yeah. And it's like, Juve have won, what, like eight out of the last nine champion, sorry, um, uh, sorry, art titles, mm. the Scudetto. Scudettos. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, they're a pretty, they like to stockpile a lot of good players, Juve. Mm. Um, and they, they need to get rid of some players like mm. the, So it's not necessarily a situation where it's like, we've, you know, we bought these, these rejects from like the best team in Italy. Yeah. Um, because they're really good players. Like, mm-hmm. and they're playing really well now. Like, I'm sure they're just going to keep getting better over time. But like, personally, I was really expecting them to take longer to bet in. Like, I thought we were probably going to see a couple of months where they were going to look not very good. And there'd be, you know, a lot of fans saying, oh, this is ridiculous. This is Paratici just helping out his old mates at Juve's money laundering. Oh, what's going on? It's dodgy. Um, But, like, I'm really quite shocked, to be honest, of how quickly they've adapted. Um, And they've, like, they're looking really, really, (laughs) like, they're looking like really, really good players. Yeah. And I think now it's like if you have our top echelon of players, um, it's like, you know, Kulisevsky and Betico, they're they're just up in there. Like they're obviously not at like Kane sort of Son level and maybe not quite sort of Romero level yet, but they're like they're very, very good players. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they're fantastic players. And like I'm trying to find right now uh there was a something posted about the statistics comparing Kulisevsky's output in like four hundred minutes versus Lucas's in fifty uh, 1500 minutes. And, uh, I think, uh, Deki, Kulu, Kulisevsky, Dejan, um, he, he, he's got now, I think, I think it might be equal goals and then more assists than Lucas in, you know, pretty much a third of the time. And you could just see, uh, when, you know, from the eye test, watching the game, the way that he, uh, is able to, like interact with Son and Kane and provide a different outlet, but also one of, of quality. Mm. Um, it's just such a, a fantastic string in the bow. Oh, definitely. And he's a very smart player and he's mm. only 21. Yeah. Like, let's not forget this. We've bought basically like he's a kid, mm. um, but he does not get pushed around. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely holds his own physically. Like there was that tackle on him. Um, this kid, they Everton, it was their big, like blonde defender. I don't know his name, but he like, he, it's like one of those ones where like, he got a bit of the ball and he almost snapped Kulisewski's leg in half, mm. but Kula just, he just gets on with it and just bursts forward and tries to get the cross in. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, uh, it's amazing. Like, you know, you always talk about like, oh, can players come from Serie A and can they come to the Premier League and oh, it's so physical and mm. oh, no one can touch our physicality or yeah. that. And Kulisewski looks great. Yeah. He looks really, really good. And he uses the ball well. I love that he doesn't sort of rush to give it away. Like, you know, comparing him to Lucas. Yeah. Lucas so many times, it's just, you know, it's Captain Cul-de-sac. Just if, if, if there's no option, Lucas will just try and bomb through someone. Yeah. And it's just so nice to see Kulisewski go, all right, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll stop. I'll cut it back. I'll put my foot on the ball for a second. I'll assess what's going on and sort of play a pass. Like, I, I love him. Oh yeah, I love him too. There was a moment during this game where he was moving the ball uh, into the Everton box, and there wasn't an option on. And as opposed to doing any kind of, um, uh, you know, technical dribbling skill, 
he just looked, I can't remember who it was uh, that was defending for Everton and was like, I'm just going to run into you and see what happens. And it's like, <laughs> he's just this big dude, super solid yeah. that um, at 21 has this great physicali- uh, physicality about him. It's, um, yeah, it's so good to watch. And obviously Ben Kerr as well, um, fantastic to watch. And it's the first time we've had a um, a box-to-box midfielder in I don't know how long, maybe Dembele, but uh, I just – it's almost cringy at this point to bring him up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that – yeah, it seems like Bentenko, there was a player, we wanted a player like Bentenko for a long time, um, to what you're saying there. And whereas Kulisevsky, it seemed like a lot of fans didn't want, they wanted a really pacey winger who's just scoring like more in that look like Luis Diaz sort of mold. Yeah. Um, but after seeing Kulisevsky slot in, it's like, well, hang on. No, this is actually much better than just having effectively another Son type of player. Yeah. Because we've already got Son mm. who offers like, you know, He's just got that pace that when we do get a chance to break, you see him now. As soon as the ball is even anywhere remotely close to Kane, Son just legs it and just gets him behind. And it's like, we don't really need two players who can do that. So it's much better um, now, like seeing how this has worked out, that we've got another player who's really comfortable on the ball. And yeah, it's it just shows us that <laughs> maybe that's what we were lacking there. Mm. Um, and then with Benton Kerr, it's like he's just, yeah. Um, I've kind of got like issues with people always complaining about like, we haven't signed Dembele's replacement and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But I do agree in the sense of like, we haven't really had a really, really good ball progressing midfielder mm. um, in there. And someone who's just big and physical and can kind of hold their own as well. And he looks like he's, well, he's a tall guy. He looks a bit skinny, but it's like, but he, he holds off players really well. He, he turns, he doesn't panic. Like he turns into like away from defenders in like a, um, like I think there was a moment today where it was near the corner flag and he sort of just turned back inside and played a pass. Like he doesn't, he's got a very cool head on his shoulders and he's still only 25 as well. Wild. I think the big difference for me between him and some of our other midfielders, um, I, when when Winks is filling in for him is that Winks, like Benton Kerr loses the ball. Um, and, the difference between him and Winks is when Winks loses the ball, he then, you know, uses his little arms and legs to, he runs after the, whoever's got the ball. He either doesn't catch them or he puts in a like totally limp tackle that then exposes us further. Where the Benton Kerr, if he loses the ball, is like, I will murder this other player rather than this end up in a, a scoring opportunity. Mm. Um, and that kind of determination and uh, tenacity is um, just such an addition. Well, I think you make a really good point there that, and and the way that Bentico presses is he seems very like targeted with his pressing too, yeah. whereas Winks is very much just like, it, it's just out of control. Mm. It's like Winks has got like a little, um, what are they called? Those little toys where you got a little screw in the back and you wind them up and then just set them off and they just go burr, 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 and just yeah. go all over the place. Yeah. And it seems like, yeah, that's that kind of sums up Winks. Um, mm. Whereas Bentico, you see. He like gets he's he gets through a lot of work in a game, mm. but it it just seems a lot more controlled in the way that he's pressing. He presses really quickly, then gets back into position. Yeah, um, he's not kind of running around a lot. Like, and I think that ultimately, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Winks ends up going because like you just can't compare. If you can't go, all right, who are we going to play? We've got Bentaker, we've got Winks. It's like Bentaker every single time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need a. This is the hard thing about, you know, getting squad players because 
It's like, well, we've got Benton Kerr, but if Benton Kerr's out, then it's like, then we play Winks. But Winks is uh, much worse than Benton Kerr. Uh, but we need another player that is of the same sort of echelon as Benton Kerr. Mm. But at the same time, we need to sign them with them having the knowledge that we're probably going to play Benton Kerr. Uh, unless we buy someone that is, you know, equal to him and then they compete with each other. But then, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, no, you're right. We need yeah. like a slightly worse Benteker yeah. to play there. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, that's what we need for our squad players. We need just slightly worse versions <laughs> of them because, yeah. Um, yeah, if we have pieces that don't fit the puzzle <laughs> that mm. the current manager wants to sort of put together, it's like we just need to ship those players out, um, and which is what I think we're doing. And we've done that, you know, in the summer, you know, so the the winter window. It's always confusing because it's the the opposite. Yeah, place. yeah, yeah. But um, in what the Premier League refers to as the winter window, um, <laughs> yeah. we've started shipping out some of those pieces that don't fit. Exactly. And I think that it's also, yeah, as fans too, it's like we don't have to think that a player's leaving, they're rubbish. It's like, no, a player's leaving, they don't fit the system. That's fine. Mm. It's good to ship them on and to bring in a player that we really need in that position and one that the manager wants. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And as you said, the Premier League calls the what would be our summer window the uh, the winter window. Unlike the UK, who uh, are in the same <laughs> areas, that would be fun actually if the Premier League did that. I also wouldn't put it past the Premier League to do something like that. Yeah, just be like, well, that's different. It's a Premier League season. Uh, <laughs> um, you would get up. it. Try and brand it. Try and brand it. Um, one of the best things about uh, today's game for me was the fact that it was Jordan Pickford's birthday, um, okay. which just like the yelling frog, the angry frog. Uh, he looks like a frog at all times. He's got the worst hair. Um, he's so angry. Uh, I just think he's hilarious as a person. And the fact that it was his birthday, like he is a cosmic joke. And uh, <laughs> the universe was laughing today uh, at um, the fact that he considered five goals. Yeah, he's a very angry dude. Mm. <laughs> when he concedes, he really hates it. He hates it. Um, and it's interesting. Is he still England's number one? Yeah, or is, I think so. Is Henderson or Ramsdale or whoever sort of taking over from there? Because uh. I kind of feel like after today's performance, I don't blame Pickford because like the rest of the team is pretty average but mm. like Son's goal Pickford should have saved that yeah and I kind of feel like if England's going into the World Cup at the end of this year um, at the end of the calendar year thinking oh okay yeah cool we're going to be fine with Pickford in goals <laughs> yeah. you're just not yeah so yeah. it wouldn't be it, was, it might have already happened and we just because we don't really follow too many um, England games that closely but uh, it maybe maybe he's already sort of fallen off Mm. The, the pecking order. But I think the commentators were talking about him being England number, number one, one and all yeah. that. Yeah, totally. Um, on the, the Son goal, um, the shush celebration initially confused me because I was like, well, he hasn't been great lately, but he hasn't really been copying it from the fans yeah. because everyone loves him. Um, and, you know, we're used to him sort of going through down patches and then coming up and having, you know, a month of amazing form. And then I realized that he was on the uh, sort of in the Everton supporters corner of the pitch. Yeah. Um, and then after he celebrates, he picks up a, a bottle uh, and and does the thumbs up. Um, and I couldn't work out what was the goat. Like, was was he giving thumbs up because one of our staff had given him a bottle of water, or had a bottle been thrown at him? Which 
uh, you know, if you consider Everton fans, seems to happen quite a lot. Uh, they love to throw a bottle of water down. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, when it happened as well, I thought that, oh, a staff member has thrown him out a water, like a bottle of water mm. to have a sip after his goal. And I'm like, that's weird. And then mm. I thought it was like he was giving the thumbs up and throwing the water bottle back. Yeah. And I was just like, it's weird that they didn't throw like a sports bottle, which has like, we just push mm. it and it comes out the top. Yeah. Like it's actually like a screw cap mm. bottle. And so, um, yeah, I was like that. Uh, all right. That's odd. Don't know why that happened. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> having having it come from a fan makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I just um, think it was, yeah, very odd because his reaction is so positive. Yeah. Which a great way to deal with the fact that someone's thrown a bottle at you, but um, also very confusing. Oh, uh, totally. Uh, but but I like. I guess that was the. So that was the second goal. Mm. But I like that was so early in the game, so it was like, all right, we're going to win very convincingly here. Yeah, yeah. So I think if that happens to you and you're a player, you're probably like, yeah, okay. Mm. Well, well, you're getting relegated. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're gonna throw a bottle, fine, do whatever you do, but. Mm. The game's so, there's so like, there's so much of the game left to play. So if you're going to be pissed off now, you are not going to be in a good mood in about an hour's time. Yeah, totally. I wonder, do you think they will get relegated? Because like given that game and uh, my partner is apparently an Everton supporter um, and she, so I've seen a few games and they've looked awful. Well, she has a scarf, right? She's got a scarf. So I guess that. Technically uh, a supporter. Yeah. I think she's a, a supporter of Jordan Pickford, apparently. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know, but I've, I've always just figured, you know, like too big to fail, but <laughs> they look pretty bad. And I just, Frank Lampard, as you said previously, is, is not a manager who is particularly suited, you'd think, to a relegation battle. So I predict that he will get sacked before the season ends. And then they'll bring in the one of the big heavy hitters. Oh, see, look, I, I think you're definitely right in the in the sense that, like Lampard is not used to a relegation, but like he's never been in one as a player. Mm. Um, he's never he's never managed one. Mm. Um, so I'm just looking at the table now, and Everton are one point clear of Burnley. They've got a game in hand over Burnley, and they've got two games in hand over Watford and Norwich. So I think. Judging by how Everton played today, I think they are in a lot of trouble. Um, however, it also then kind of requires one of Burnley, Watford and Norwich to start pulling out some results too. Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of feel like Burnley are probably going to have a bit more luck at home than, than even Everton would right now. Mm. So I honestly think Everton are in a bit of trouble. Um and Leeds, you know, like <laughs> Leeds are pretty horrendous too. Yeah. Um, but it could be a thing that there are just that many bad teams that a couple of them escape relegation purely just because there's so many of them mm. down there. Like, I think we can sort of agree, like Norwich are just done. Oh, yeah. Uh, Watford are in a lot of trouble. Yeah. But then apart from like Burnley, Everton, Leeds, they're all sort of in that pack. Mm. Um, but oh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I was... I was thinking watching this game, like this is like watching Spurs play, you know, the under 18s in a training game yeah, or something. It was like, and I know like Everton, you know, they, they did have some of the ball and they were trying to attack, but they didn't have a shot on goal. And we know what that's like from yeah, back to Nuno ball. We sure do. Um, but like, it just like, they didn't look like they were threatening 
in the slightest. And mm. I remember watching previous games and getting annoyed at Richarlison because he's just like, he just loves that shithousery. He always like flops. He like, he's so annoying. Mm. But now because they're so bad, I couldn't even get annoyed with Richarlison <laughs> yeah. because I'm like, this team is just shocking. Oh, absolutely shocking. It was very funny watching Van Der Beek come off. And I do feel uh, sorry for him because he came to Man U under uh, Oli, who, again, not a great manager, uh, you know, did what it had a, has a way of playing that works, uh, you know, against some opposition, maybe like Conte, um, but, <laughs> but not a great manager and didn't get used at all. And then he comes to Everton and is playing and he looked like a naughty little boy when he got taken off. Like it was like he hadn't done what he was supposed to do, um, which was pretty funny. But yeah, I just think it was so tactically naive. Like me as someone who speaks on a Spurs podcast, if I was setting up a team to play against Spurs and I was playing away, there is no way that I would set up how Everton set up. Like it just seemed bananas. Um, yeah, it was really puzzling to me as to why they did what they did. I mean, I'm glad they did what they did. Um, but yeah, really, really strange. Well, I feel like there's, you know, teams. Yeah. If you were playing Spurs, you just can't, you set up in a really low block, just wait. And then eventually we are going to work out how to beat those teams. Um, and I think the more confident our wingbacks get and, um, we probably need some, you know, some new faces in there, you know, at the end of the season as well. But like, we need to work out how to beat those teams, but there hasn't been a huge amount of evidence that that suggests that we can do it at this moment. So I would just (laughs) set up from that, especially away from home, just set up in that if you're Everton and just kind of like, just, yeah, just try and play real crap football. Yeah. Um, And then you might just get some result out of it rather than trying to play really good football. Like, And on some level, this goes against what I believe as a fan and from watching football and all that sort of stuff. Like, I want to see teams go out there and try. But like you say, it's just so naive to to come, you know, to to come to Spurs and then do this. Like, I feel sorry for Delhi at Mm, the moment. Um, It was really nice before he came on, seeing everyone sing, um, sing his song. And then yeah. when he when he did get subbed on, he got a nice little applause. Mm. But I feel sorry for him that you know he's gone from Spurs to you know a relegation contender. Mm-hmm. And as much as I think it was time for Delhi to move on, I didn't really think that he would be going like to a relegation battling team. Yeah, I thought it's like maybe a lower mid table team mm. would kind of maybe suit him. And mm. you know he'd still he still should be a Premier League player. I think like I I don't think yeah. he's down in that relegation category. Mm, yeah, it's uh, it was really sad. And he, after the game, you know, I don't know how performative it was, but he just looked so, it looked so grim. And, you know, like sitting on the bench, the, the <laughs> uh, whoever the cameraman was, excellent choice of shot. It was Conte in the foreground and then Delhi in the background on the bench. Oh, uh, yeah. And the commentators missed it and were like, there's Conte. <laughs> You're like, oh. It was yeah, they a- did like that, like, um, I don't know what's called, I forget what's called, but like the, where they shift the focus like yeah. from Conte, then straight to Delhi. So there's yeah. saying, commentators, here you go. Here's a comment on a platter for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Missed it completely. Yeah. Um, and I just felt so sad for him when he was, you know, like high-fiving the Spurs players. I was like, oh, this is, it's just gone so, from the heights that he was at at Spurs to where he is now. But I thought it was really nice. Um, 
to see photos of Larice taking him over to the Spurs fans so that there was oh, like nice. a goodbye at the end. It was, yeah, really sweet. Yeah, I was wondering that watching the game and I was like, okay, Everton are getting pumped here. Would Delhi kind of do a lap of honour at the end? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Because we never got to say goodbye to him. Yeah. Um, and because it happened kind of quickly, like we we thought, okay, maybe Delhi might go, mm. but then it, it escalated over that um, international break, and then he was gone. Yeah. Um. So I always kind of like it when a player comes back, and we do get to say goodbye. Mm. In that sense, and and yeah, I thought he might go around and do that, but then I was also like, that's kind of weird, <laughs> a player on a losing team to go and do like a lap of honor when you get pumped 5-0. Yeah, exactly. But I'm glad that like Laurie's came and took him over to the fans to yeah to sort of have that moment cuz I'm sure it would've been a very very emotional day for Delhi and there'd be parts of him which like he'd be pretty shattered that he sort of hasn't made it at Spurs and mm. has had to leave and you know he's been with us for years so yeah. Um yeah, it would be I'm sure he's going through a lot of things and um, yeah, like his confidence can't be good. <laughs> no. You know, especially how Everton are playing and, you know, he's, he's still coming off the bench for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did feel relieved that he was on their bench and not ours. So there was no like dissonance between me being happy about the game and being like, oh, Delhi. <laughs> yeah. It was nice to be like, not our problem. Uh, <laughs> so that was, that was good. Um, the player that we do need to discuss more than any other player is um, perhaps future Ballon d'Or winner, <laughs> Matt Doherty. Yeah. Wow, wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's an odd turnaround that mm. I think I don't think any Spurs fan can honestly say they thought that this was possible. Yeah, because everyone had written him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I mean, what was his first turning point? I think it was the Leicester game where he came, uh, he came on and it was yeah. like, oh, he's looking okay. He's, mm. he's got something. But then like the next game, it's like, oh no, no. He has just like got concrete boots on and mm. he telegraphs every move he does. And he's mm. actually not very good. Mm. But then since the Leeds game, it's like, well, hang on. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like we just swing back and forth on him so much, but like, I mean, this was great. Like his passing, um, he was like, I'm kind of speechless because it seemed like he was a player who was so out of favor with everyone. And I just can't believe now that it's, we're sitting here going, no, no, Matt Doherty is, is our starting right wing back definitely over Emerson. Yeah. Can you believe that? It's like if Emerson's named on the team sheet now, I'm going to be like, oh, but if Doherty's going to be like, oh, well, let's see how it goes. I think, you know, that um, Leicester game was the first time that he's, played for Spurs and there's been even, even any kind of uh, analysis of him or, or evaluation of him where <laughs> Spurs fans have been like, or just the media in general, be like, Oh, he was okay. Like the rest <laughs> of the time it's been like, how is this person a premier league footballer? Yeah. Um, and then we've slowly started to see some quality from him. Um, I assume it's because he's got Christian Romero uh, behind him. Uh, once San Sanchez came on, I was like, this is going to absolutely implode. But it didn't. <laughs> so, um, But that could have been because Everton were so poor. Um, yeah, they were quite done by half yeah, time. they were definitely done. But I yeah. think you make a good point, though, of like having um, having Romero in behind him. Like that gives must give you so much more confidence as um, 
as a wing back compared mm-hmm. to if you have Sanchez in there. Yeah. Where you're like, all right, cool. Even if I really do stuff it up, I have just got this absolute bulldog behind me. Yeah. He's just going to come and just gnaw at anything, you know, within a 10 meter radius of them. Um, so yeah, but it's like, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just dumbfounded to see that like, maybe this is the player. So like, remember when Conte first came in and even through the first like few games, we were kind of going, Oh, who's the player Conte is going to turn around. Hmm. Um, who's he going to sort of make his, you know, is, um, who's going to be our Victor Moses mm-hmm. <laughs> type player. Yeah. Um, and so I know that it's not taking like a, you know, a winger and turning him into a wing back or anything like that. But I mean, in terms of like the greatest improvement out of any of our players since Conte has been here, it's probably got to be Doherty to be, to yeah, be fair. Totally. Well, I'm trying to check now because I have a theory and, uh, I can't find the info that I need right at this moment, but Victor Moses, I don't how old was he when Conte came in and transformed him into this wing back? And I wonder whether it has something to do with the fact that Doherty is, what, 28, 29? Uh, I wonder if Victor Moses was around the same age and it has something to do with experience and uh, getting to a point of being able to implement uh, instructions that that the there's a pattern, and I've got to check this out. This might be completely wrong. There's a pattern with players that Conte massively improves and uh, their age. Yeah, it could like, it could very well be that um, mm. because I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. So let's, cause it's like when we bought in Doherty, we knew that he was a wing back at Wolves mm-hmm. and that he, that's where he flourished. And then we started trying to play him at f- just fullback. Yep. But then I think he did get a few games where we did play more of a wing back position mm-hmm. and we're just like, Oh no, he's still rubbish there. He's shocking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think what we're seeing now is like, you know, and I think it's sort of the same with Sessegnon too. Now, I don't think Sessegnon had a brilliant game today, but mm. I do like that we're giving Sessegnon a run of games in there. And I do like that we're giving Doherty a run of games because I think it's so hard for a player to be out of a team and then suddenly they come in for one game and then we go like, oh, they haven't got 15 assists <laughs> and then a bicycle kick in a bloody top <laughs> corner. They're rubbish. Yeah. And it's like... Players need consistency. They need to be, they need to be able to have bad games as yep. well. Yeah. And like the thing is, in all the good teams, all the players do have bad games. But just because the players are so good, um, and a lot of their players are relatively consistent, if like if Kante doesn't have a great game for Chelsea, everyone else around him has had a good game, so it kind of gets covered up. Yeah. Whereas we've had a situation where we've had like a lot of players in and out of the team and. And, and all this, and, and we're trying to really improve our consistency more than anything else. So when players have bad games, we kind of seem to notice and seem to jump all over them. Um, and we don't give them that pass to go like, okay, they didn't play that well today, but it's good that they're playing, you know, they've played five games in a row now and overall they're actually playing pretty good. Mm, yeah, totally. I uh, am really pleased to see Conte, and Conte has done this consistently since he's come in. Uh, taking players that have maybe low confidence and haven't been involved over a, a consistent period and giving them consistent games. Mm. Um, and Sess has had that. I mean, he went, I'm not sure if he was injured. I don't know. But like I was also, I love Reggie's. So <laughs> there's this weird kind of, uh, yeah, counterbalance there. But I just love that Reggie came on and scored a goal. Like it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, it's been interesting with Reggie because mm. you say you love him, but have you overall 
how have you thought that he's been under Conte so far? Oh, pretty average. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and I think we all had high hopes that, wow, he's an incredible young fullback. And it's like, he hasn't really progressed too much since he's arrived. Mm. Like he's still so like, he's still young. There's still a lot of time, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, it, it's, I think it's just interesting that we, even if we are Reggie fans, mm. um, I don't, I don't, if you said, if you asked me now, who would I prefer to start? I would probably say Cess. Me too. At this point. Yeah. So when I say I'm a, a Reggie fan, I like him as a person. Yeah. <laughs> as a footballer, I totally agree. I'd rather Cess play. Um, and I like Cess too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, um, I love it. I just, I just love it when a player comes on from a substitution and scores a goal. <laughs> uh, oh, no, it definitely. And I think that's really... Really great too, and and we know like Ben Davies is he's been pretty solid in that um that left centre back role. Yeah. But I wonder what it would be like if let's just say Romero was naturally a, a more of a left centre back, mm. and then you had Reggie playing in front of him. Yeah. Like, does that change it? In the, like, I, I don't think Ben Davies is such a vital upgrade that that I don't think he needs to be our first upgrade that we make. Yeah. Right, at the end of the season, but um, if we get another you know top caliber defender to slot in there. I wonder then what that sort of does to the the left side um, and what that does to both of them, Sessegnon as well. And um, like, uh, it's interesting. It's like, I feel like we've got more even competition on the left. Yeah. But I feel like this, the, the wing back who's playing the best at the moment is Doherty yeah. on the right. And then Emerson, like there's just a lot of, I think there's a lot of question marks there, but mm. also I'm not writing him off by any stretch. Well, it's been stage. interesting with him where he came in, had an okay first game, then sort of looked, I mean, anything was an improvement on Doherty and obviously REA is a complete like chaos machine. So you can't really make an evaluation. And then he kind of seemed like he was maybe pretty good and then has had just the most atrocious run of form. Um, so I don't know where I was going with this point, but I think, <laughs> I think the point I was trying to make was that um, it's it's funny that on the right-hand side, it was kind of like pick between two evils. But now we've got, it's seemingly, hopefully this continues and we're not cursing it, um, a good uh, starting right back or right wing back rather. Yeah. Uh, look, in a way, maybe it is better for Emerson if he, you know, he could still be adjusting to living in a new country, new mm. league, all that sort of stuff. So maybe to not have that pressure... On him now, it, like whilst I say that it's good to give players runs of games and not sort of judge them, maybe in some ways for in his particular case, it's nice for him to, you know, just have time to sort of like, you know, knuckle down in training, like, you know, really sort of get more and more familiar with Conte's system and then maybe start coming back in and playing a little bit more, um, you know, as we move forward. Mm. Um, mm. There, there could be something there. I don't know. We could get to the season and then Conte goes, I want to sell him. I don't I really. Yeah. I really sort of have no idea because I would have thought, okay, Doherty's gone, but now I'm like, Conte's not going to get rid of Doherty. <laughs> so yeah. I've just got no idea really where we'll look to improve. Like what is Conte's priority? Because everyone seems to know exactly what it is, <laughs> yeah. but I, I don't know what his priority would I've be. I've got no idea what he wants. Yeah. I've got no idea what he wants. Yeah. And there's so many people still talking about Harry Kane. We need a backup. Oh, we should have got. Well, we should have got like Weghorst as a backup. We should have got oh. this. We should have got this. And it's like, we're still going to have the problem as long as we have Kane 
that no striker who is half decent is going to want to come in and play back up to Harry Kane. Yep. The thing is, if they could play with Kane, they would be interested. Mm. Oh, hang on. We have Son Heung-min. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah. you need a player who's comfortable playing both behind Kane and Son and might rotate a little bit with both of them. But, like, you know, do you think we're going to buy Lataro Martinez, mm. who's going to come in and then maybe, like, well, you might play behind Kulisevsky, you might play behind Kane, mm. you might play behind Son. Well, we don't really know. Yeah. Like, players who are at that level, they have demands. Yeah. Of, like, oh, cool. Like, has anyone... <laughs> this sounds stupid, but you, you play like football manager or FIFA and the player goes, oh, I demand to be in the starting team. Mm. And I'm like, that would happen with real contracts yeah. to an extent where players will be like, yeah, yeah cool. Is he going to play every week? Mm. Uh, no, he's not. Okay, cool. We're going to go look somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. I mean, imagine, imagine that you're a, a quality striker slash forward, another club and Tottenham approach you and then you sit down and they go, Exactly what you said. Oh, well, we've got Kane and Son and, and Kulisevsky has been pretty good. So um, you'll play. <laughs> Just don't know when, you know. You'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm not going to take that risk. Uh, you know, and then it's like, but you could play your way into the team. It's like, <laughs> why would you do that? Like, it's, Totally. Yeah. Like def- I've, I've seen some calls of some people going, like, oh, we should get Calvert-Lewin in as like, you know, if Everton go down, we should get Cavalier. It's like, Cavalier would go to Brighton or something. Like, you know, yeah. you go to someone who where he's going to play every week. Mm. Like, you know, would he be a good backup? Yeah, I'd, I'd take him definitely as a backup. Yeah. But he's not, it's not realistic. Mm. And I think that's always the problem we're going to run into. And it's like, we maybe need more of a younger forward who still hasn't fully made it yet. Or a player who's like, maybe they already are half decent, mm. but they're really keen on working with Conte or something like that. Or it looks like we are a shot at the title, something like that. And if we don't have that, we're really, we're just going to struggle to get the player in that, you know, all the fans are demanding constantly. I think the best backup option is Tammy Abraham because like uh, when you want to clean money, He's gone from Chelsea, dirty money, uh, into uh, Roma, where I'm not saying they're clean money, but the money is laundered, it's cleaned. Um, And I'm assuming that the Jose project's going to explode at some point very soon. Um, Not that, you know, it's been like slowly exploding. Um, And then, so then we sign him. Uh, He's played in Italy now, uh, understands Italian, I'm just assuming. Uh, <laughs> After half a season, uh, he's, he's now fluent. He's a, he's a clever lad. Um, and oh, so wait, hang on. He's said so half a season there with a manager who speaks like six languages. Yep. Who would definitely speak to him in English. Yep. Yep. He's picked it up. He's using uh, Duolingo. Um, so then we bring him in as the backup to Kane, where yep. we're like, well, Kane is twenty nine. Uh, Tammy, you're the future of this club. And then Kane does his ankle again. And then we're like, you're broken. Then we sell him to City without them realizing. We get 150 million and we bring Tammy Abraham through. That's uh, that's my fan fiction idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love how in depth and how far along the line that went. Yep. It didn't just stop it like, yeah, and then we get him in. It's like, no, then this, <laughs> this happens. Like, uh, look, I, I would love your fan fiction to. Um, 
become reality. Mm. Um, I almost feel though that Tammy Abraham's maybe a bit too good now to 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 do that because I think he's he scored thirteen goals in Serie A so mm-hmm. far, mm-hmm. and overall in thirty six games for Roma he scored twenty goals. Yeah, he's awesome. So what we do <laughs> is we say to him, "Don't you want to come back to the Premier League, the best league in the world? Don't you want to play for England?" Well, people in England are going to watch you play in England. They don't care about the Italian league. They're not going to watch. Um, old mate, uh, I've forgotten the England manager's name. Old mate. So hang on. So you're at the negotiating table and instead of Gareth Southgate. Yeah, I say old, old mate. mate. It rhymes. It rhymes. If he was like, do you not know Gareth Southgate's uh, name? I would say I was using Cockney slang. Yeah. We're in London, Tammy. You've been away for too long. Um, so what I'm saying is, uh, Daniel Levy, if uh, you need some assistance, Paratici, uh, um, you just heard someone by negotiating. But we've got Paratici Jr. over here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone. I feel like if we asked, if we did actually propose that to Tammy, he'd probably say like, Hey, I have hard enough of a time. I can't sleep at night because I can't dislodge Kane from the England team. Yeah. I don't want to then come and do that on club level as well. But wouldn't it be good to take on an apprenticeship with your greatest rival and foe? Yeah. This is like a, Tammy, do you know Steve Jobs once was an intern? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want to be Steve Jobs? Just like some horrific <laughs> capitalist myth. Yeah. And you too. <laughs> um, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, but uh, I still think that's a good idea. Um, I think it's a, it's a good idea. If it was possible, I would. Amazing idea. Mm. Yeah, it's similar to being like, I think it's a good idea if we sign Mbappe. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome, actually. I think that's a great idea. We should go for him. Hey, well, I mean, he's, you know, well, I think the new, the whole Newcastle thing with Mbappe's gone, isn't it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to Madrid. Yeah, totally. Oh, actually, one thing on that that I'd like to bring up is that it's, isn't it crazy how um, Tom Holland, number one Spurs fan, um, since uh, Spider-Man has now left the theatres, has stopped uh, being public about his Spurs support. It's so mm. weird. <laughs> Why is that? It's well, Those two events cannot be related at all. It's so bizarre. Oh, it's so bizarre. He just must be taking a, uh, a break. Uh, yeah, I just am so baffled by it. I just, I just love that uh, out of that whole thing, there was one, I think he retweeted something and they, or like did a quote tweet and then he just put coys. And then there was one of his like um, young female fans. She replied to that tweet and just said, what is coys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, so good. So good. Mm. Um, yeah. We just got to wait for the next Spider-Man and then. And then he's back. Then we'll get Tom Holland back. Then we get Tom Holland back. One thing that I did want to um, uh, say before I move on to my, well, both of our rant about, uh, Actually, we don't have much time, but uh, I want to say how much I um, dislike Roman Abramovich. But also, uh, before that, Lucas uh, did not make... I know he's coming back from injury, but I still thought it was interesting that Bergvine came on and not him, um, mm. despite being on the bench. Um, so I don't know if that means anything. He might play next game. Who knows? Um, but if he doesn't and then we sell him, you heard it here first. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking <laughs> news. <laughs> well, I mean, it's look a lot more legitimate than uh, other stories out there. Yeah. And probably with the same amount of sources. Yeah. 
I watched the game and this is what I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Source. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, yeah, like, again, who knows? Like, the, I think Kulisevsky really taking off has put a lot of question marks around Lucas. Yeah. I know we've spoken about Lucas before of like, hey, he wouldn't be a bad shout at wingback. Yeah. Um, but I wonder once he gets up to full fitness, then I think we'll really see yeah, how well, he actually fits in Conte's mm. squad because like early doors, he played him a lot. Um, yeah. And he loved playing him through the middle and it's like he's good getting the turn, getting the ball in the turn and mm. then going forward. But um, I think it's like we've just got more complete players now. So yeah, it wouldn't I, surprise me if he does get frozen out. Well, I, I was surprised that, you know, like we're 5-0 up. We're, win- we're going to win this game. You've got a player coming back from injury who's on the who's fit enough to be on the bench, and you don't bring him in for that last ten minutes to just well whatever twenty minutes to you know as a way of sort of bringing him back to game fitness. Instead, you choose to play Bergvine. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Could be nothing. Could yeah. be something. <laughs> uh, there could be. I, I definitely think Bergvine's above him in the um, in the pecking order now. Mm. And like like what is Lucas's position mm. like in some ways you could go yeah cool he still might be useful as a player off the bench in certain instances but it's like he's pretty quick like you you it's really got to be if you're like on the counter mm. or something because he doesn't have the skill to like if we're against a low block he doesn't really have the skill to do too much there to break that mm. um mm. he's pretty good in the air so if you're on the counter maybe trying to win corners and get it to lucas like i, I feel like he's He's probably a player who we thought was, you know, he's shown glimpses that he could be a lot better, but it just, he's a bit too sort of like one dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. He is. He is. Um, and also it'd be great to get a fascist out of our club. Um, <laughs> but I know I'm fascists. Um, <laughs> now is my, uh, I'm going to allocate myself two minutes and, and both of us two minutes. Yeah. Um, what a surprise that Roman Abramovich, uh, <laughs> what a surprise that it turns out that he pays money to the Kremlin for political sway. I cannot believe it. That's crazy. I thought he was a good guy that had come from Russia, um, and just put money in a football club because he loves football. I, I just really, I didn't, it definitely wasn't sports washing, um, because he's white, Dan. He's a white man. He's white. Yeah. He's white. Um, so, so it can't be sports watching, isn't it? Can't be what, it can't be. It can't be. Um, I'm so pleased that they're selling. I can't wait to see who buys them. I hope that they don't have billions of dollars to just throw into the club. Um, and then uh, I really want to see what happens because I hate Chelsea. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's um, it's really interesting because now it's. Now it's more like, okay, people are calling out sports washing of what he's done. Mm. Whereas before it was all, it, it like, there was just a rejection of that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it, like, it, it's, it's weird. Right. Cause I want to say like, it's comforting to see that, but then it's also like, it's just sad that that is like happened. And like, even Chelsea fans still don't like accept that or acknowledge that. And we can't, people just can't look at it and go like, yeah, okay. Abraham just put in like so much of his money in there. And he's not a good dude. Yeah. And then right now, all he would have to say mm-hmm. is like, and I know it's easier said than done for a lot of these oligarchs to come out and do, 
But it's like at the first drop of a hat where it's like, well, you know, where <laughs> Abramovich has got nothing to do with all this. He's got nothing to do with Putin and all that. Also, Abramovich is apparently trying to negotiate between <laughs> the uh, between Russia and Ukraine. Like it's it's just insane. Like if if he really cared and he had become like you know this like he was uh, you know this adopt, adopted UK child, mm. whatever he he would stick with the club a bit more and he would come out and he would go you know what I don't actually agree with what's happening in in Russia. But the first thing is oh okay someone else is going to run the club for now and then a few days later what does that mean? Oh, uh, okay, I'm selling. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Like, all he has to say is I'm uh, – also, he's. I think he's a Portuguese citizen. Uh, I have no idea. It's probably some weird evil empire shit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like, the statement – and I just brought this up because I read it at the time. Um, it is uh, just the – like, it's like – you know when people, uh, well, especially in the last couple of years, have been like – it's like 1984, double speak. It's like <laughs> 1984. Like this is legitimately like 1984 um, in the sense that it's like um, I have instructed my team to set up a foundation. Um, it will be a benefit for all the victims of the war in Ukraine, right? All the victims. It's not Ukrainian victims of the Russian invasion, Right, mm. it's all the victims. Yeah. So it doesn't actually say where the money's going. In fact, it doesn't say anything at all. Um, what that could mean is that he just gives a billion dollars to Russia. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the fact that he has not said anything is so damning. And then the fact that there's evidence that have come, you know, that's come out that he is involved with with the Kremlin, um, especially you know at this you know hot point where Russia have um, broken international law and invaded another country. It's, yeah, it's, uh, look, I won't say I'm not pleased that he's selling. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. but what I want ultimately is I don't know what, I, like someone wins a huge amount of money and then just is like, oh, buy Chelsea. And then they bring it and then just destroy the club is basically what I want. No, I think that would be our, our dream scenario. Oh, God, it would be good. God. It would just like, I just, the thing is, it's like whoever is buying, because like what, what was the quoted fee? Four million or th- yeah. three million pounds? Three, three, four billion or three billion pounds or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then I saw like Colin McGregor. Um, Conor, Conor McGregor. Yeah. No, Co- Colin McGregor. It's just, Colin McGregor. It's just another Irish businessman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Conor McGregor put up like he tweeted. He's like, "Here's my offer: one point five billion pounds." And then people are kind of like, it's a long way short of the evaluation. <laughs> and also, where are you getting that much money from? <laughs> yeah. um, but I really wonder, yeah, I, I kind of think whoever has enough money to buy them is probably not going to be a good person mm. um, unless they're like Bill Gates or something like that. Mm. Uh, Who also maybe probably not that good a person. <laughs> probably not that good, but yeah. out of all the billionaires, from what I've seen of Bill Gates and what I've heard and, and that, yeah. I quite like him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like, yeah, like it, it's, well, I think why it's like, it's hard to talk about this stuff is because what we've seen of like the, the teams that have, sorry, the, the entities that have bought clubs mm. since Abramovich took over and, and have bought them on that level and put money in at that level, none of them have been good. Yeah. And then we've got like, obviously PSG, Newcastle, um, city. Yeah. Like none of those owners are what we would call good people mm. in, in our society and with our morals and yep. everything like that. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right, who's going to buy Chelsea now 
and what type of asshole are they going to be? Amnesty International. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say salvos, but they suck. So um, <laughs> that would be also evil. Yeah, I would love to see. Obviously, it's going to be it's going to be something cooked. Something cooked will happen, yeah. and it will be you know as much as this feels like some kind of uh, new start. It's going to be like a actually a false dawn and the darkest hour. Uh, more metaphors about times of day, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Yep. and it will be like Voldemort has bought Chelsea Football Club, yeah. Um, because who the hell has that kind of money that uh, is a morally uh, good person? No, it's, yeah. it's impossible. It doesn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It, it it just doesn't. So I'm I'm sure we're going to find a pretty swift resolution on this because just of the <laughs> the nature of Mm. Um, you know, what's going on that this isn't a sale that can go, you know, it's not like they can put Chelsea on the market and go within two years, we're going to sell or something like that. Yeah. It's like, we need to sell within the week because mm. <laughs> uh, stuff's getting real bad. Yeah. Um, they also need to sell before he gets sanctioned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's so much pressure on it, but, and, and, and then in that instance, who, what billionaire is sitting around going like, no, oh, today's Monday. I'm just going to chill Tuesday. I'll buy this team. Yeah. Like that you you've got to be in that evil level where you've just got way too much money. Mm. And like cuz people who they're like a lot of billionaires they 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 don't like to actually spend that much money, which yeah. is why they become billionaires cuz mm. they just like keep it all for themselves cuz they're greedy. Yeah. Um and so to get someone who on a whim is going to buy it this quickly. Yeah. I don't like them already. Yeah, yeah. I do love though that there was all this like uh, Chelsea were building this like new Stanford Bridge. They weren't going to move away from their home because they need to keep their heritage. And it was going to be like uh, <laughs> fact. It kind of looked like a factory, and uh, it was going to be the most awesome stadium in all of Europe. And now Roman Abramovich is gone. Well, going, <laughs> yeah. and they have a terrible stadium <laughs> compared to the other big six. Mm. Um, well, I mean, in terms of atmosphere, it's great, but in terms of uh, revenue, it's terrible, I guess. Um, so yeah, yeah, wait and see. I'm watching. I just want it to be a car crash, um, but I think that it won't be. And yeah. I think that Bezos is going to buy it. And uh, well, that's good. He can move. He can move Chelsea Football Club to be based on the moon. That would be cool. And then we are all good. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I actually want, I, I feel like with all these Amazon all or nothings that they're doing, they are primed to buy a club at some stage. Yeah. They're just kind of sampling all the different clubs in the world that they might be interested in sort yeah. of buying. Yeah. Uh, and now they've got like 20 where they're like, we've had a pretty good inside look at all these uh, mm. things. It's like, we get to like, you know, mic up the training ground. We get to mic up the stadium. We get to put cameras everywhere. Yeah. It's a pretty good uh, set of data that they've got now. To mm. make the, I sound like an epic conspiracy theorist. I just realized that. And, um, no, but that's that's my role in this podcast. So I think that's actually, if if that was the case, that they were like, let's create this series so that we can vet teams that we might buy. That is so clever. Um, it's clever. It's unbelievable how clever it is. I think Amazon. We will take our paycheck now. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the last thing I just want to add on that was that I really hope that what happens at the end of this is that it makes the whole sort of football industry. And I don't think this will actually happen. Uh, kind of start questioning owners a little bit more because mm. it's like certain people now are getting because of the conflict and now, uh, so the conflict in Ukraine, they, um, 
Actually, just calling it conflict in Ukraine sounds like it's undoing. It's a war, an invasion by Russia in mm. Ukraine. Um, it's making us go, oh, Abramovich so bad, oh, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, hopefully this now makes us also then look at, um, you know, the Saudi Foreign Investment Fund. Mm-hmm. It makes us look at uh, basically any of these other, um, you know, sovereign states or, you know, oligarchs or anything like that and start questioning the motives behind it all a little bit more yep. and stop playing it off that it's like, it's just for sport and fun. They Yay. love the club. They love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, we, we see now where we go, oh, the, the F1, they're not doing, and like F1 is riddled with sports watching, <laughs> but like, oh, cool. They're not doing the Russian GP. Oh, Mazepin's off Haas. Oh, this is all yeah. all happening. But it's like, we still then have a problem where it's like, no, but the team I go for, that's not what, that's not sports watching. <laughs> we had Mike Ashley and that was real bad. <laughs> yeah. So this is completely yeah. different. So it's actually okay that we dress up in our um, Saudi costumes and yeah. celebrate. That's fine. <laughs> and we wave dollar, like, you know, big cardboard dollar signs around. That's great. Yeah. That's like, it's not. And you can't just sit there hypocritically going like, it's so bad with them. It's so bad with them. No, no. But, oh, but we're not. Well, no, hang on. We're not doing mm. anything. Um, it's like, I wonder if we're going to reach a breaking point where it just sort of gets cracked down across the board. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we are going to because they're just talking about too much money involved. Yeah. But it would be nice if this starts opening the door a little bit to that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Um, last thing, are we, we going to do the Abitsbursey medal? Is that now? Do we? Do we... Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Should, and just our, uh, I can see a couple of votes that have come through. Um, uh, For the Abitsbursey Community Medal. Community Medal. Oh, it's a separate medal. So we got a separate medal. Uh, so okay. I was confused. Because yeah. we've come in <laughs> at this stage of the season, uh, we still have uh, the Abitsbursey Medal with the votes that you and I are putting together. Mm-hmm. And we have the Abitsbursey Community Medal, uh, which is from the community on the Discord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So Marty, uh, a good friend of the pod, has voted for the community medal, three for uh, Deki Kulisevsky, uh, two for Doherty, and one for Benton Kerr. Um, and he said, and he said for Doherty, best he has played on the, in a Spurs shirt. Yeah, which he was fantastic. Uh, Lazza uh, has said ditto. So I guess that is replicated. I think he's just <laughs> Lazza just going off the back of those votes and going, yep. <laughs> yeah, be, uh, yep, that'll do yep, for me. Yep. Um, uh, friend of the pod, Young Focus has said, Kane three points just makes sense, yep. which I, I love the, uh, I love the firmness of that opinion on yep. here. We were always like, mm, we vote for him because of, blah, blah, blah. he just said, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, Benny Benton caught two points and Decky one point. Um, and he also gave some encouragement points for Loris, yeah. uh, saying he's, uh, He's trying, <laughs> but, um, and he does look a bit shaky, uh, you know, playing out from the back, uh, yep. which we agree with. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think like in terms of our Abitsposey mm-hmm. vote, um, I'm going to give three actually, and this, it, I feel a bit controversial doing this, mm. but I'm going to give three to Doherty. Whoa. Cause I feel like, oh, you know, Matt never thought that he would get three votes in a game on the Abitsposey mm-hmm. medal and it's finally happened. What a week for him where he's mm. come in, he's got two assists, two assists, both the cane. And then he's also picked up three points in yep. the Abitsbursey medal. Um, but like we, we've taken away so many negative votes from like, so we've given him so many negative votes earlier in the season. Yeah. I feel like he looked really, really good. So he should get three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm giving two to Decky. Yeah. Uh, two assists. Enough said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one to Kane. I mean, he scores two goals. He's probably unlucky that it's because Kane is so good. 
Yeah. That we kind of feel like sometimes we need to give votes to other players, mm. but like Kane is so good. Mm. He's so, he's so great. I still want him to come out and say, sorry for the Manchester team thing, but he's, he's so good. Yeah. He's so good. And I think, you know, in terms of encouragement award, well, let's get one to like Benton Curry. He definitely deserves one. Mm-hmm. Um, we can give it to a, like a whole bunch of players, but like, you know, I'm just going to give out one. And then I think no negatives. Great. Great. Good. Nice and simple. Nice and simple. All right. So I'm going to go three votes Kane um, for the very fact that he was amazing. And I'm trying to resist the bias of like Kane. Good game is like five goals. Um, yeah. And he was amazing. So I'm going to give him three. Uh, two, uh, Decky, like just, uh, just fall more and more in love with him with every game. Um, one for Benton Kerr, such an upgrade in our midfield. I'm so pleased. Um, in terms of encouragement awards, I'm going to give 20 encouragement awards to Matt Doherty, um, which equals 10 points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was, I was sitting here going, all right, Doherty's going to be next with two yeah. votes then. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Doherty's surely going to be next with one. Hang mm. on. Yeah. I was I was mortified. <laughs> <laughs> so Doherty gets a big 10 yeah, for he 20 gets 10. votes. And I will uh, happily give away any, like my right to an encouragement uh, vote for the rest of the season because I want to blow them all on him because he's had so many negatives. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he had a great game. I just love that you have to come back to like the a bit spursy bank. It's like, Barney, where, where have all your encouragement awards gone? We oh. gave you enough for all the games. <laughs> I gave them all to a Northern Irishman. I keep doing it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, he, he's also, uh, he's also, it seems like he's got a really good relationship with Kane. And I'm not saying that just because he's got two assists for him, but I've seen like photos on like Instagram and stuff of them going and playing golf together and doing like trips away and, yeah. <laughs> and that sort of stuff. So I don't know, maybe some of, you know, Kane's, uh, you know, gold dust is rubbing off on him. Um, I'm going to give uh, a uh, no. I can't give another encouragement award. Uh, but buddy, you've already you've already given out twenty. I think you could give out <laughs> twenty one. All right. Well, th- yeah, that would be yeah. One more to Musa Sissoko. Um, <laughs> he was in the Spurs dressing room after the game. Uh, miss him. I don't miss him. <laughs> I don't really miss him, but I miss him. If you know what I mean. Uh, I just love you were torn so much between ah. Oh, I can't give out another one. <laughs> okay, I can. Oh, phew. Moose is so <laughs> for being in the dressing room. Um, <laughs> and then I give out uh, negative uh, 400 million to Roman Abramovich. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Um, I just realized, did Son get any votes? Oh, no. Uh, but also, to be fair... Like he's scored, being scoring a couple of goals, mm. but apart from that, he hasn't really been incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so no, that's fine. That's yeah. totally fine. I was just checking to me like, have we made a collective oversight here? Mm. And it's like, no, I don't think we have. No, I, don't I think, think that's a pretty either. good, um, pretty good. I actually, I'm going to give one more encouragement uh, oh, sure, award to Sessignon, sure. of course. Mm. Mm. Um, doing doing great work. Um, the the one thing too, just to I guess tell tailgate off the back of this, even though we're not giving him any votes, um, I thought Hoybier <laughs> he was pretty good again. Yeah, and yeah. Um I just I'm just so over the Hoybier hate now. Well, I mean, do you notice that it's never um when a player gets targeted for that kind of hate on the internet, it's never that they play their way out of it in the sense that they uh show their quality. 
and people then go, I was actually wrong about that. And he is really good. What just happens is it just kind of fades away. Yeah. And that's what's happening at the moment where it's just kind of disappearing um, because he's playing well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so uh, that brings us to the end of uh, the podcast. Um, our next game, um, I actually, is it Man U? It's Man U next. Oh, yeah. And I think from um, including like the Everton game. mm we have something like four games in 14 days or something. Uh-oh. And then that takes us to the next international break. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we revert to one game a week, mm-hmm. apart from the Arsenal game, which needs to be slotted in somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I guess what I'm getting at is like, we do have a pretty congested schedule over the next week or two. So we might see some results, which we're not super, super happy with. Mm-hmm. but. If, you know, if our team can go away on the international break and not come back all injured like they always do, mm. um, we do have a pretty good run off the back end of that. And we do actually have time. Like we do have, you know, we're always hearing about like Conte does his best work when he's got time to prepare. Yep. And we do have a lot of time for the rest of the season. So it wouldn't surprise me if we then end up going on a run in that those last sort of like six or seven games maybe mm. um, when we do have, a, you know, uh, a lot of... Yeah, it's a, it's like ridiculous how clouded the schedule has been yeah. so far this season. So to actually get it to a state where we do have room to have breathers and, you know, um, if we can't do the pod for a week, we don't miss 50 games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, It's good. But this this Man U game is so huge now. Mm, mm, um, and yeah. I'm, I hate Man U so much. I hate Ronaldo. I, uh, um, I like Marcus Rashford because uh, he's, Good dude. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, we really need to win this game. <laughs> this, is, this is a must-win game, having said all that. Yeah, totally. And uh, if you're still listening at this point and you're on the Discord, the game is at 4.30 a.m. Melbourne time on Sunday morning. See you there. Because <laughs> I will definitely be getting up for it because I hate them. Um, and my housemate goes for Manu and I will be uh, not waking him up unless we're like two to three goals ahead. And then I'll be going up and shaking him awake and be like, come watch the game. <laughs> Come watch the game. You'll never know what the score could yeah. be. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm j- it's just starting. Come down. <laughs> um, which, yeah, I really hope that happens. Um, anyway, uh, I've been da- uh, I've been Darnie. I've been Barney. <laughs> we have merged into one yeah, person now. We <laughs> We're one, one being. Um, uh, I, oh, I'm Barney. I'm Dan. Thank you for listening. Um, and we will be back after the Man U game. Um yeah, we should probably confirm as well. Like we're we're going we're returning back to a normal schedule now. Yes. Of uh every week episodes will be out Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and we'll we'll be yeah, getting get, getting back in our regular flow for the rest of the season. Yeah, you'll be able to rely on us again. Um we're out of the hospital. <laughs> so uh I don't know what that means. Um <laughs> thanks for listening. Come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to a bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.